Golden Fair, aka Astro, along with me is my good friend Prescott. Um, hey, Coulter. Hey, um, <laughs> you. Oh. You sound pretty rough there. Um, <laughs> I'm not feeling great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm. I have a, a sickness of sorts, <laughs> and. It's not the best, but I mean, I could have not done the podcast like you, right? <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm pushing through. Well, I was expecting to say something like that there. Yeah. Yeah. You knew that was coming. Well, uh, no, I just live guys at flow underscore state underscore gaming. Does he Coulter <laughs> in his element right now as, um, a patient <laughs> undergoing chemotherapy? <laughs> Guys, I'm looking a lot like a a stage three <laughs> cancer patient on this Nearing side. Stage two. <laughs> Grape jelly is the only one here to see it, so we're glad that you're here, brother. Um, the most recent peasant to join join the the kingdom. So, um, yeah, get here live. You know that that'd be nice. Um, do you have a hot drink tonight, Rogan? Um, I've yeah. Not much is going on in here, you know. Not much. We, I, I did buy some Starbucks vanilla syrup, which is one Whoa, of the best. That's a big jump. Make. I know, I know. They, they definitely pack a fat buck. And when I'm getting absolutely <laughs> rammed in, um, in the stock market, it's a heavy investment for me. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a luxury you can't afford, dude. Well, yeah, you've, you've seen the, the hit that I took. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not. Dude, did that go through? Um, is that is that done and over with? Honestly, <laughs> no. I don't think you could ever get so rammed, like as I have. It's it's max level, like like bottom. I'm a bottom feeder. <laughs> <laughs> I was a great white, and now I'm a catfish. <laughs> no, like straight. I I live amongst the dirt. <laughs> oh, I don't. I actually don't want to talk about it because it's, it's getting me a little emotional. Dude, did the did the Baba did that? Did that? <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a four shotter. Um, Coulter, <laughs> uh, you're getting in me like in, you're you're getting me in a sad mood now. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> 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 so we do have vanilla syrup here with some fresh whole milk and it's tasting oh. pretty good <laughs> nice dude nice yeah um do you have a hot drink yeah i have i of course have a hot drink it's just it's what i've been having recently um i can't even tell you the roast I just, it's, i'm trying to just get through this bag <laughs> I'm trying trying to get through this bag so I can get back to my DPPR, dude. (laughs) I tried. I stepped out on a limb. I got an exotic coffee. I supported local. 
and it's trapped. <laughs> Never again. Dude. I hate it when people want me to support local and then it just sucks. You know, it's like, I'm going to go for the yeah. corporate option if it's better. But um, well, they always make the excuse and make you feel like trash, you know? They're like, yeah, why are you exactly. buying from this fat company? But it's like, yeah, if it's a better product at a better price, I'm going to do it. You know, exactly. So, it's just rea- reality. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I do have that. Um, it's just black. I'm kind of on the uprise. I'm on the upswing when it comes to the market. I know you, <laughs> I know you don't want to hear that, but, um, I can probably afford some creamer, but I don't have any. Guys, this this sickness that you're hearing my voice is just from extreme exhaustion, and um, I'll get into it. But why don't why don't you kick us off with your announcements this week, Rogan? How's it been going for you this week? We had a great week. I had a great week. Um, we've had we've made some big big gains in um the Flow State Gaming esports team. Uh, um we we had a lot of action in the discord last night we we ran some customs for those who don't know um and this is an invitation for you guys to join the discord we we are getting a lot more active on there there's some people bickering in there um like i said they are sharing pieces of bread coulter feeds to them which is always lovely to see Mm -hmm. and you guys can be a part of that which who wouldn't want to be you know so that was awesome to see, man. Um, for my own self, I I haven't been doing so great um, with the Baba. <laughs> you knew the the Doki coin holder would <laughs> would come out ahead. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone really expected that to happen. But um, I'm I'm still. It's it's weird because every time I say this, it's just the same thing. Like. Yeah, I'm plat three, you know, like, yep, plat three. It's just always yep. plat three or diamond one. And it sucks being hard stuck, man. Um, yeah. Did a lot of caring today for Jackal, obviously, because that's the only thing he he lives on. It's getting carried. Not much new with that, but um, I've been doing a lot of research into aim labs and and um just getting better aim that's a big thing i struggle on and i that's going to be our topic for this episode is um aiming and game sense going more in depth we kind of had a podcast episode about this already but that was aiming and peaking it's a little bit different this is just going to be going a lot more in depth um getting down to like how to improve your aim and how to get better with that coulter do you have any announcements man um, dude, I just had a random question pop into my head while you were talking. It seems like it's very, very common that, um, you like jump into a match with Eric and he's on the bottom. Um, how come he's high? How come he's higher ranked? Like, is it, does it come down to just like, like volume? Is this like a volume issue? Like you're probably going to win. I mean, Valorant is pretty close. You're probably going to win like 50% of your games, right? On average. And, and you're gaining more than you're losing like more often. Right. 
Yeah, I was talking like, is about that what we're too. seeing with Eric. Is like if you are, or you know, if you're getting like fifty point five percent wins, you're going to be eventually going up, and if you're playing more, then you will be eventually rising. Dude, on the right. stream though, I think Eric he gets extremely lucky. It is insane. On the stream, dude, every single game he was bottom frag, but it was like a thirteen and one. Like his whole team was just above everyone else. Dude, and then it's like it's like that happens. You know what happens to all of us? You know, we bottom frag and our team carries us. And uh-huh. then it's like like it's funny because you if you think about it, you can get the unlucky straw where you get, you know, what imagine fifty games in a row and you're match MVP and you still lose. Like that is actually possible. Yeah. I mean, it probably isn't because you're gonna be better than, you know, you're gonna drop down and be better than those guys, but that's what sucks about Valorant, man. It's just, yeah. I think that it's, I've always said it. I, it's just like, I think I've came down to like the a final conclusion here is just, it's the teams and, um, and how little it relies on like your own personal, um, gameplay, like right now on like that you can just yeah. get unlucky. Cause obviously like you have to be good yourself to grind in like diamond three, you know, you can't, you can't, you have to solo and duo queue. Right. But I think it's just, I don't know. I, I, I think it's just, it's me also. I just need to. Well, it's just, that's what's always interesting to me about Eric is like, he must be better than we think, you know? Well, yeah. I, mean, I, hate, to, I, mean, I hate to say that. We, we both don't want to say it. But it's like. I think it comes down to volume, like you were saying. I think volume does have some sort of uh, factor in this game. But um, that was, sorry, just a side question that I had. Um, I was curious about announcements for me. Um, as you all saw, Rogan took over the Thursday stream for me. Um, he's pulling a lot of weight here <laughs> these, these past few weeks, right? Rogan has been, um, he's been putting on his big boy panties and he's been, <laughs> He's been doing a good job. What happened? Panties, dude. <laughs> what happened was this sickness that you're hearing in my throat is just straight is just straight exhaustion. It um it's I don't believe it's what they're calling the coronavirus. Um, I don't seem to be showing very many symptoms of that. It's it's more like every night that I sleep, it's getting better. But um. I don't know. I like on Thursday when I was supposed to stream, I ended up working like 20 hours that day or like 21 hours. And so, <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, I probably should have streamed for three, for three hours to finish off that day. But I, I just couldn't. Um, and then I ended up working for Rogan's brother in the, in the Valley. And that's when the sickness really, really kicked in. Um, my body and mind you know, I was just not prepared. So, um, that hasn't stopped me from consuming, you know, copious amounts of sugar. So this will probably be a prolonged sickness because I'm obviously getting my, you know, venti white chocolate mocha frappuccino on lunch. <laughs> That's just something that I can't sacrifice and I can feel the sickness creeping in with every sip. Um, a pro tip on the frappuccinos, you got to get double the frappuccino roast. 
That's that's the hack. It's double the coffee content. They taste way better. But apart from that, brother, <laughs> I am feeling some type of way tonight. Um, I don't think I have anything else to add there. I'm still in gold. I haven't played any ranked. Um, community feedback, man. Let, let's jump into it. You mentioned we had some custom games last night. Yeah. And guys, I, I'll just kick it off here. That was the first time that I realized that we, we have a little community forming at the bottom of our kingdom in the cesspool and the filth there's, there's starting to rise a decent amount of peasants. And I mean, it sucks because I want to get better at this game because when I was out there on the battlefield with, with the peasants, like some of them were performing a lot better than I expected. (laughs) And, and I was never questioned it's not that I was, it, it's not that my authority was ever brought into question, but I could feel a slight tension in the room. <laughs> <There's> this, <laughs> when I have a peasant going, you know, I'm killing him once and he's killing me 10 times in a game. There's something there. You know what I mean? It's not, again, it's not, he wasn't questioning my place in the Royal castle, but it, it scared me to think that, I mean, in the case of a peasant uprising, (laughs) I could be overthrown. So I'm going to be really paying attention to what Rogan has to say in this episode. Um, well, I was kind of with you there, man. I mean, he wasn't a mortal and he was smacking on all of us. Yeah, um, it's so it he was, definitely could be the one to spark a, <laughs> a I mean, revolution. <laughs> the dude, the last thing we might need to separate him and actually bring him into the king's guard, like separate him from the peasants so they don't get any hope. Because as soon as the peasants begin to be hopeful, that's when we're going to be in trouble. So as long as we can keep them miserable as possible and, you know, hungry and, and miserable, then I feel like we should be fine. Um, but yeah, dude, how did you enjoy it? I, I personally had tons of fun. I, had I mean, that's where I'm trying to, that's where I'm trying to go with this. I mean, we had an underaged white male join the kingdom. We forced him in. Um, <laughs> we, we <laughs> rammed him through. <laughs> dude, this guy For had, the- he, he was suckered it. <laughs> Anyone in the chat, you guys know what we're talking about. I mean, he he was on his hands and knees at the royal gates, just begging to be let in. And we gave him a few lashings on the back, and then we kicked him in. Well, and, uh, Coulter, you opened those gates, and then you, like, threw some pieces of bread, but they were actually moldy, and then you just slammed the doors closed on him. <laughs> you kicked him from the party. <laughs> He's just whimpering on the outside of those gates. <laughs> oh my back goodness, in. dude! He was an absolute savage. Yeah, yeah. But we are we are willing um, for all peasants. Speaking of that, man. Speaking of our community that's forming, we need to rally everyone together because we have a war that's coming. 
<laughs> I am so glad you're bringing this up, dude. We have a yeah. big war. And this, this has is, been an interesting week for us. Yeah. Um, and this is between multiple enemies um, <laughs> that we are facing. And we need as many troops. <laughs> Coulter, do you want to take the, take a hold of this? This is a big announcement for, for everyone here. Well... This is a this is a decently sized announcement. I, I better start from the top, I think, with this one. I, I know we're trying to get through the announcements, but this is kind of important. Um when Rogan and I were, you know, forming the the kingdom which, you know, you now live in, we scouted, we were kind of thinking of names, you know, what to put on our banner. Um and Rogan came up with this idea of like flow state, kind of that idea. So that was Rogan. Um, and we did like a little um, due diligence and we kind of searched around seeing, you know, if anyone else in this space was using that name. And we located um, an enemy fortress and they have the same name, Flow State Gaming, but um, they're based out of Canada and they hadn't been active. Like we, the only place I could find them was on Instagram and they haven't been active on Instagram since like 2019. So, I mean, we assumed that they were a dormant kingdom. Um, so we carried on and they sent a messenger this, this week, um, via email and, uh, that they're not too happy. Uh, Rogan, you you kind of communicated directly with them. Um, maybe you can give some insight on, on what's going on here. All I can say is that we're facing the brink of war. And the messages, they were just a little bit bloody. And I think we're just saving it for the real battle that's to come. Um, this is, this is an enemy that we can defeat though. Well, I mean, by raw okay. force, let's get, let's get serious here. So they suggested that we change our name because they said we're still early on. And I have a feeling that maybe they have a scout that's listening in <laughs> and, and I'm afraid that Grape jelly Maybe. is that you? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm worried that grape jelly has been acting a little sus. <laughs> he's been, he's been. I don't know what we're gonna have to do to eradicate the rat that we have, but they're getting info somehow. They might be a listener if they're listening. We are not changing our name, guys. We hold. <laughs> We hold the line here. We hold like Coulter has held Dogie. <laughs> we, we, he we, we hold. <laughs> we hold here like you've never seen. With an okay, and now everyone needs to know we do not strike now. Right? We're not strong enough. We need more peasants. We need more peasants before we open up this war zone. And I just want to send I mean, their email was somewhat peaceful. So I want to come to them in peace now. And I think that, you know, there's a world that we can both reside in the same land, right? We're 
a kingdom built in the hills and the castles. We're, we're a castle built in the mountains. And down below, on a nice green pasture, we can let them build a little village. <laughs> <laughs> right? They can raise cattle. They can raise sheep. Have their own little blacksmiths. But when the sun sets and they look up into the mountains... They will see us towering over them. And as long as they're okay with that and can live with that, then I think we're fine. You know, I don't think this needs to get bloody, but at the same time, I mean, it it might get nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right. Speaking of that, of might be getting nasty. We have another war that is inbound and that is fresh. (laughs) And this is something we cannot hold um we can we can't back away from um they've they've surfaced i think in the month of this month uh definitely a recent organization and they also they're they're also trying to take ownership of um the name that our kingdom has come to be and coulter how would you describe these boys they are i mean i if you're talking on the level of Eric, they are they're nothing compared to Eric. They're 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 below. I mean, this is basically on scales. Yeah, on on almost every scale. If if you could bundle up Moist and divide him into five boys, that is what they are. They are absolute scums. And I, I don't know what the angle is here. Dude, but what I'm starting to wonder, Rogan. Is is this a different enemy or is it the same enemy? <laughs> I'm, I'm being dead to serious. Us from both angles. Well, maybe they decide to grab all this land, like in terms of like the website and whatnot. Oh, maybe they're trying to make two different. I, I don't know. To, it just seems, it seems. Interesting that like where we got hit twice in one weekend like that just seems like a coincidence. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm not sure. It might be they might be you know playing with us a little bit. So, um, I mean my message here I I want everyone to remain calm. I can hear you're starting to rustle and bustle in the <laughs> lower in the lower quarters, guys. Have you seen a high hy- a pack of hyenas take down an elephant? I have. <laughs> and it's nasty. Right? But nature takes its course. And there'll be a day that we bring them down, right? We're going to start by nipping at their heels. Maybe Lingo or one of the elders will jump on his back and take a bite out of its butt. <laughs> we will bring this behemoth down. And as we gnaw on the dead carcass of what used to be the Canadian Flow State Gaming, we will cackle and we will laugh (laughs) at their miserable defeat as they bleed out on the dry, hot landscape of South Africa. That is so we need, we need numbers, dude. We need a lot of hyenas. (laughs) <laughs> we have this, right? The boys we have are loyal. They'll fight till the end. Lingo in the chat already pledging his life. <laughs> he, will, he will lay down in front of a moving motor vehicle 
if that's what it takes to continue this podcast. And, and that's the message that I want to send to you, to whoever's coming at us right now. Um, that's pretty much where I'm going to leave it. Again, we come in peace, but we are superior. And that, that's kind of where I'm leaving this. Do you have any last thoughts? That was well said. I, I was kind of feeling a little urge of urge of like battle, you know, I was getting a little taste of blood as you were speaking. Um, well, I don't blame you. Yeah, I'm I'm sharpening the pitchforks. I'll I'll be the the armory for all of our peasants, you know. Um, so I think we should move on, and we need to train these peasants to <laughs> to become filthy boys. I think well, that's our goal tonight. Before we move on, you're you're correct. We need to move on, and we're gonna blast through this. Apple reviews, we got none. So change that as fast as possible. Um, and then secondly, we did get an Instagram message from Polo. Um, and he's been a listener since episode one. So he's a friend of the podcast wondering where he can find the discord. Um, what should I tell him, Rogan? Where, where do we have the link to the discord? So it's easy. Is it on Twitch? Um, I'll send it to him, but we do have a di- the discords on, on the Twitch, um, flow underscore state underscore gaming. And then, yeah, um, you can find it there. So if, if we don't send it to you, Polo, because we're getting 18 messages a day, uh, search the Twitch. Um, okay, aim. Uh, Rogan, k- kick us off, dude. We're gonna start. We're gonna talk about aim and game sense. We're starting out with aim, and I think you should take the first step in- into this topic. All right. Um. So real quick, I'm just gonna. So my sensitivity, I run at 800 DPI. A lot of people run at 800 DPI and 400 DPI. It's kind of personal preference. DPI is kind of like um, what your mouse is in like the software itself and what it runs like on um, your computer when no really other programs are running. And then the in-game sensitivity, that's like the personal in-game sense. Every game is different and it doesn't um, correlate between in- between each other. For Valorant, it's 0. 0.42. Um, I'm kind of right at the middle of where a lot of people are at. Um, I kind of don't like it too slow, don't like it too fast. I like having precision. Coulter, did you um have your sensitivity down? Um, yes. So I thought maybe we could just use EDPI so everyone's on the same page. I use 800 DPI as well. The calculation is you can multiply your mouse DPI by your in-game sensitivity in Valorant. Yeah. Um, that's the math. Mine is... 388 my edpi is 388 i just changed it okay it was like it was it was way high like up in the 600s or like it was it was way too high so for reference it is like a personal thing but the average pro player is at 269 edpi so that can kind of give you like a little reference i mean they're playing the game like better than anyone so um I think a general is like between 200 and 400 is probably somewhat in the zone. Of course, there's going to be, you know, thousands of people that like it higher or lower than that. But that's kind of a general if, if you're just trying to find your sensitivity. Yeah. My EDPI is, um, I think it's at 320 or around there. So a little um, bit lower than yeah. yours. Um, so, okay, moving on. I just wanted to mention that real quick. Sensitivity is definitely personal preference. We talked about it in our peaking aiming episode. If you guys want to know how to find that, we kind of talked about it there but it's definitely personal preference it depends on the games that you're playing for valorant you want more of a low um low sensitivity 
for that precision because there's it's very precise. For a game like Fortnite, you probably want it higher since um, you have a lot of building and stuff. Um, and it kind of depends on the game. Um, and so for mouse pads, real quick, just for a tip that people didn't know, mouse pads are quite um, a big difference in how your mouse performs. Um, some people have low friction mouse pads, which are like kind of like hard mouse pads. And those are known for tracking. So more for games who that have like people going all over the place, um, a lot of like aerial fights and you're moving your mouse around a lot, trying to track people um, more of like a game where you need to just shoot a player a ton to get that kill, you know, or far away tracking plays in a lot of different games. High friction mouse pads are better for flicking because there's resistance and it stops. Your mouse stops easier. And um, so you kind of want medium friction is what I use. I've known it's better for um, tracking and um, being able to flick and you kind of feel that stop. If you're on a hard mouse pad, it's not recommended for that to be in Valorant because it's kind of hard to be very precise at times. You can. It's just sometimes harder. That's what I've um, done research on. Um, that just goes up for like the for the fundamentals of aiming, and I'm just gonna talk about pretty much all about aim aiming like in aim labs and practicing your aim, and then do like a little general about aiming, and then Coulter's gonna go more in the fundamentals and how to get better with the aim. So this is gonna be for what I'm gonna talk about. It's gonna be for the people who really want to get better and have an aim trainer. Aim training is, is definitely known to have a huge performance if you spend the time in it. Um, obviously, people think you don't have to be insane at aiming. You don't have to be this insane aimer that just shoots every single shot. Um, it's, it's also a lot about game sense and just being aware. And that's why we're going to talk about that also after aiming. So just don't think that it's all about aim. Like People don't have to have that insane aim to be really good at this game. Um, so just a general reference mechanics, that's going to be aiming movement and like dodging. So kind of like strafing side to side and the game sense is like decision-making positioning and what to do when, um, how are you going to play that match? So you need to have good game sense and aim. There are people who do have really good aim in like silver who will actually smack on me, but they have zero game sense and they don't know what's going on around them. They don't know what abilities like are doing and that is where people struggle on too. So don't, that's another reason why you don't want to focus on aim all the time. And then, um, knowing when, what, when and what fights to take and how to maximize your damage output goes in with a lot in game sense. So that's going to be like a general basis for like, aiming and um game sense you don't want to just be swinging a corner um without throwing a flash or anything and just getting absolutely killed and only doing 20 damage onto a target like if you're in a position and you have to sacrifice yourself pretty much try to maximize that damage and that's what we're going to be talking about just knowing what fights to take a lot of people will be pushing a site by themselves and they're like why don't you guys push with me it's like okay well you didn't even call it out and you're by yourself getting teamed by three people um play with the you know play as a group push together maximize damage output that's kind of what we're going for um 
So kind of a general basis here, having bad mechanics allows you more freedom. So if you're bad at the game mechanically, you're going to do some stupid things like Eric holding a judge on corners. Like you can get insane kills and you do dumb things and you sometimes get away with it because you're trying these things. But when you have good mechanics, it makes you use smarter decisions for that, if that makes sense, because you're taking um, fights in a smarter way. You're not putting yourself out in the open. So there's kind of like why I'm saying this is like if you're if you're on the low elo and you're double satcheling with rays on the site by yourself, you're getting three kills like, okay, that's great for you. But are you going to be able to do that in an immortal lobby? Are you going to be able to do that when people are a lot better than you? Um, no, you're obviously not. So focus on having on, on working on these game mechanics to make you um, use smarter decisions. Um, okay, so aiming, why we're going to talk about it is how it's very universal and it travels between games. One of the few things, um, it's extremely important, obviously. It doesn't matter what game you are on. Um, Overwatch, it's it's more of a tracking game sometimes. Um, it's, if you're good at Overwatch, you can be really good at Valorant in the aim. Um, so that's why aim training, it's not just investment for Valorant. It's going to be investment for whatever game you're playing. So even if you're not in Valorant, um, I would recommend it. So I'm, I'm, it, this, my notes are so scrambled, guys. I'm sorry if you guys are lost, but just try to like um, think of a couple things that I'm saying, and hopefully you can get something out of this. Um, I've just kind of took notes as the week has gone by, so it is definitely scrambled, but I'll, I'll do my best to explain things. Um... So, moving on, aiming is focused directly... Okay, aiming by focusing directly at the target increases reading skills and improves reactivity. So, what um, I'm saying is if you're focused on the enemy, if your eyes are on the enemy, you're going to be watching his reading or how he's moving, and you're going to be training that reading on where he's going to move, how he's going to strafe. And then it also going to improve reactivity. So if you if you see him with your eyes on the other side of the map, you can react easier. And then considering if you're looking at your crosshair, while you're looking at your crosshair, it's going to make you more smoother and more precise. And it's going to be more you're going to be more aware of that crosshair where like where that crosshair is and where your enemy is. So taking this is that. You want to, when, when an enemy, enemy is really far away, you want to be looking at your crosshair because that's going to be give that's going to give you more precision. But if you're close quarters and there's multiple people, you want to be looking at the body, like at the enemy, because you can read their movements a lot easier. They're going to be trying to dodge shots a little bit and using their mechanics to, you know, get around you. Like you don't want to miss all your sprays. A lot of people miss their sprays because they're looking at your cro their crosshair and they're not looking at the bot uh, at the enemy on what they're trying to do. So if you're close, you can look at the enemy's body, and then you can also learn how to move from target to target much easier than if you're looking at your crosshair. Um. So that all aside, I'm going to go on to advantages and disadvantages of playing your own game. So playing Valorant, then besides playing aim training, because like Coulter, he kind of only wants to play in the practice range because he doesn't really feel like switching games. Like he doesn't feel like 
he wants to stick straight to Valorant, you know, because he, he only plays Valorant. He wants to get better at Valorant. And he doesn't really believe, or he, he probably does believe that aim training is going to help him. But Coulter, like, you always stick in the practice range, right? Yeah, and and that's more of just, like, a time issue, I think, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time issue for sure. Yeah. Um. So the advantages of playing Valorant without any aim trainer is you're going to get movement. Movement, you can't really find that in aim training. Your mouse input is going to be the same. And then maps, obviously, being able to know the map layouts. Um. You're going to be able to read enemy angles and where they're at. And then also every everything is going on, like happening at once. So you kind of get a little bit of everything, like the use of abilities. Like you won't get that in um, aim labs because aim labs is it's kind of solely just on that aim. Disadvantages, there's lots of downtime. This is a big issue with Valorant is that you, you know, you play a match and you sometimes don't even get you don't you don't even get the chance to shoot for three rounds in a row, you know? Um, and a lot of it is spectating your teammates, so you aren't getting that much time on your mouse, which is very unfortunate. And then also it can't stimulate situations that you benefit, that that you should benefit in, that you aren't focused on. So like, you know, you can die really easily by a raise nade back of sight. And um, that's going to kill you and you can't really focus on, you can't focus on getting away from that situation or focusing on what you need to work on. What aim labs does, it, it helps you narrow down on what your issues are and helps you kind of focus in on what you need to work on and be more precise with that. If that makes sense. Um, and then you can kind of move on. So like if you're, really bad with flicking you can practice flicking if you're bad with tracking you can practice tracking and whatnot those are advantages of disadvantages of going in your own game and then um what aim training will do this is a big issue that i see um people have is that they have a lot of unwanted um, mouse movements and they aren't smooth with their mouse so like if you have an enemy yeah if you have two enemies and you start spraying at the first enemy you kill him and you move Sometimes people's mouses, they like it does like an arc and it doesn't like it do a straight path to him and a good flick. And it, there's just a lot of unwanted um, movement there and it wastes a lot of time and it can be very, um, it can't really be very precise. And Aim Labs has a lot of um, scenarios that helps with that. And then also, Aim Training it removes the fear and anger from situations. We always get mad in Valorant. Coulter and I, we we rage very often, and that affects how you play. You get in your head a ton, and it really sucks. Like it, it, you feel like trash. Aim Labs, you can get like kind of upset at yourself, but it's not in the same way. You still like you just want to get better, and that's um that's a big thing that it helps. And then isolation of mouse control. So. The reason why you want to do aim labs, it, it just focuses down to your mouse. You know, it focuses down to the the bare like the bare bones of gaming on like how to aim, how to be good at aiming, which is a very big benefit because you know a raise nade is not going to be distracting you from from your aim. You're going to be able to land that shot before you get killed by you know some ability. And then what aim training doesn't do is that you can't get any um, game sense from it. It's very hard to get any game sense. 
because you're just not in that game. And when you're playing Valorant, you know, you hear all these sounds around you. You can kind of tell where people are at. So that helps a lot. And then it doesn't um, help with dodging. So dodging, just strafing around corners, being able to peek and kind of mess with people. You can't you can't really um, read the other player. It's kind of hard to do that in aim labs. Um, Coulter, do you have anything that you struggle on, particularly in um, Valorant, like with your aim on being precise? And like, do you have any of like that unwanted movement? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think what you were saying about like keeping your eyes on the enemy or your crosshair is kind of helpful for me. Um, I mean, cause like those long shots, I, I don't know like what to look at, you know? So that's kind of something that I really want to work on. Like I, we were just, when we were playing last night, we were playing ascent and just like down long, you know, like when you're trying to peak from like, if you're attacking and you're on top cat and then you're looking into market, that's a pretty long shot. And I, I kept dying there. Um, so I don't know, just that kind of stuff, I guess, um, is what I'm wanting to work on. Like, I guess those little micro movements with my mouse, I need to work on a lot. Like, you know, I'm, I'm usually like in the chest or, you know, like just a few centimeters above their head. Like that's kind of the range that I can accurately consistently get to, but like just that little micro adjustment that you need to actually get it right where you want is, is kind of what I need to work on. It feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the micro micro corrections are really big. Yeah. Um, that's something that I struggle on too, is that like you, you, you can flick to the target, but it's like getting that crosshair on their head or wherever, um, their body is being able to shoot it up to their head is that's, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, moving on, if you don't have anything else to add, um, now I'm just going to talk about how to, how to aim train, how to aim train, right? A lot of people don't aim train, right? They kind of just go grid shot until they, until their, you know, hand bleeds or something. Um, that's not what you want to do. You want to find the problem that you're having first is, are you having a lot of unwanted movement in your mouse? Are you um, flicking and you're over flicking a ton every single time? If you're over flicking every time, then I would probably lower your sensitivity because it's saying that your mouse is going farther than you should, which means you aren't used to that. So you should probably work on that. And then also, where is your crosshair being placed? Is it at like head level or are you not um, are you not able to flick, you know, 180 degrees? So trying to identify the issues that you're having can be very beneficial for you before you start training in aim labs because then you can focus it down to the scenarios at hand. And like I was saying, aim labs, it, it gives you that isolation on you can narrow it down to what you want to focus on. Mm-hmm. So. Another thing is that total hours does not measure amount of skill. Um, if, if Coulter were to brag about 800 hours of aim labs and he's still garbage and he's still a bronze one, it would make sense. It's all about consistency, um, just being consistent with it. A lot of people, they do an hour before they um, go to bed or an hour before they game. Um, you don't want to do it too much. You're going to get sore arthritis like some Fortnite pros have gotten 
And they've been dude, just um, canceled. Take take the arthritis, dude. I mean, if it sends me to radiant, I would, yeah, I would sacrifice true. my hands. Dude, the hard um, thing, the hard thing about aim training is it doesn't happen on a, it doesn't happen in one day. It's all about consistency. Like two weeks, you'll you'll be noticing something. Um, it happens on a daily basis after that, and then during sleep, obviously. It, you you when you sleep you um you get pretty much your body kind of knows like that muscle memory it gets kind of drilled into your brain so you're more used to that sensitivity well that's the value say? of well that's what i was going to mention isn't that the value of doing aim trainer like whether it's in valorant or aim lamps whatever the case is like doing it before you go to sleep isn't that kind of the yeah. idea behind that is because you're going to soak up all that muscle memory when you're sleeping. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And okay, that's um, what I thought. Yeah. Being able to, cause the muscle memory that obviously comes with a lot of time and, um, it's, it, it happens during the night. Usually like you're not going to see it happen, you know, in one session of training aim labs. Right. Like, I've yep. been, I've been, um, starting out, I've been doing it for quite a bit and I've just seen like very minuscule improvements, but overall I've noticed it quite a bit. Which is kind of cool to see, like like in things that you wouldn't think would help me. Like I'm I'm having a lot less um, unwanted movement. So if you're wanting to train for a while, I would probably just train for like 30 minutes, take a break, go back at it again. Don't train for like three hours at a time, because that muscle memory is not gonna not gonna be as efficient. Because then you're kind of be gonna you're gonna be getting slow and tired. You want to be alert and um very you know, very flicky, um, staying hydrated. This is a big one. I don't know. I, I feel so cringy for saying this, but like drink water guys. It's yeah, actually that's insane interesting. on how many people say this and how much it helps is because it just makes your hands very steady and it allows your hand. I, I've done a lot of, I've looked at it, man. It's water. I think water is the way to immortal. <laughs> dude. Dude, I think it is. Is it is it something as simple as water, dude? Yeah, it might be it might be water, boys. Okay, well, I was slamming down a 32 ounce like hydro flask full of water and I was flicky, dude. I was flicky. Dude. Look at you. You got your glass of water right there. Well, yeah, I know. I, I brought this for the pod. You, um, you're practicing what you preach. Exactly. <laughs> no, dude, I, I, I drank like a gallon a day for um, three days for like a little work thing. And I actually, I was feeling snappy too, dude. But I barely <laughs> drink any water. No. Oh, dude, you you know me. I I drink probably 60% more coffee than I do water. I, I'm, a, I'm a decent 60-30 ratio. 60-30? So, that doesn't add uh, up. Well, 66, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, thirty three point three repeating, obviously. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> drink water. <laughs> All right. So now, aim training. It has three different classes of like scenarios or routines. Tracking routines, which is obviously tracking. It's not going to be. You're just going to be moving around a target back and forth, predicting their movements. Like I said, it's going to help you um, read enemies easier and knowing where they're going to go, being able to track that crosshair on their head. 
Um, tracking helps does help with microcorrections because it makes you be more snappy on moving back. Um, it doesn't help for clicking heads. And it, it just makes it a lot easier for predicting the enemy. And then click timing routines, which is going to be more for like head tapping and being more precise. This is not flicking. It's more just aiming to your target on top of it and then clicking and then moving to another target, clicking, moving to another target. So it's definitely going to be for clicking heads. And then complete routines, which is as a mixture of both of them. There's a lot of scenarios that integrate tracking and um, click timing, which helps for, for certain scenarios as well. So I'm doing click timing routines just because Valorant is more of a head tapping game. And that's why I'm going with that. I'm going with click timing and um, complete routines. It's good to have tracking and the head tap scenarios as well. So good scenarios for aim labs. I'm just going to go for aim labs. Um, I do use Kovac sometimes. Aim labs is free. That's why I'm going to stick with that. Um, it's very accessible. It's very easy to use. Microshot Ultimate is um, a big one that I've been using and it helps a lot. Like Coulter was saying, he needs help with his mic his um, micro corrections, and um, this is where it's at on Microshot for the the little flicks. Something to make note of is that you don't want to be flicking to these targets as fast as possible because that's not going to help. You want to flick or go like just go to the target and make sure your crosshair is on that target, and then like shoot and then go to the next one. Don't do it just by muscle memory. Muscle memory develops overnight. It's not it's not a process you can build by just flicking and like hoping it's going to be there cuz in reality when you are the majority of people if you're just swinging your mouse and you just shoot and you randomly hit a shot like okay that was a sick shot but are you going to doing are you going to be doing that every time? Obviously not. You probably got quite a bit of luck in that, you know. Some skill, some luck. Um, so make sure you're, you're practicing, um, just for your problems, uh, making sure that you're, you're actually landing those shots and not just doing it just by feel and wanting to get the fastest time. It's not, it's not about the fastest time. It's about the accuracy here and making sure that your crosshair is on the target. Another one is spider shot ultimate. This one, um, it has a target in the middle that you shoot and then a random target on the outside spawns and you shoot that one and then it goes back to the middle this just makes your um your pathing of your crosshair a lot more precise so it does it this helps remove that unwanted um precision so if you want to get rid of this that would be great if you want to get rid of the unwanted um movements spider shot is a good way and then another one is line trace on aim labs this makes it so there's like a line between targets that you have to go from one target to the other and it makes you go in this like small line. So it makes you develop that um, memory of what the best path is for that target. And you just have that good mouse control and being efficient with what um, targets that you're shooting at. So Microshot, Spidershot, and Line Trace are kind of just the three um, basic ones that are known. Um, like I, I say to avoid grid shot just because it, it tends to make you just shoot as fast as you can and being um, more just rely on just random um, flicks. So I try to avoid that. Coulter, I think that kind of covers it for my little my little aim training section here. 
I know I kind of rambled on for quite a bit. Um, do you want to take it from here, man? Um, dude, I don't think it was rambling at all. I, I really want to, if I had the time, I even in my current state, I want to, um, take a look into a little more aim training, you know, cause yeah. it, it obviously like, it obviously helps. I don't think there's any debate about that. So we're all trying to get better and, and that's some good advice. You know what I mean? I think a big thing, dude, I don't think people should be scared of it. Cause I, I think people just kind of steer away from it. Cause they, like you said, like they don't want to spend that unnecessary time, but I think that time's going to be more beneficial towards to you. Like, even if you're spending mm-hmm. just like 30 minutes a day or even 15 minutes yeah. in the warm up, like there's zero di- downtime guys. You're, you're literally using these scenarios and it's constant flicking, like shooting. If you just like picture that on that constant, you know, constant action of using your mouse compared to Valorant when you have like those random plays you know it's you're shooting your mouse three times um a match and it's like you're you're not getting as much as you are with aim labs so if you are really bad don't be afraid of aim labs even if you're not taking the game really like seriously just do it for a little bit and see if it helps you yeah no it totally um and then obviously if you're like me your home is going to be the bots um again don't don't think it's dumb to to go into the bots and and do some aim training there um and of course again if you're going to do neither of those and you just want to play play the game if you just play copious amounts of deathmatch you're obviously going to get um more value out of your time like rogan is saying in a regular Valorant match, Rogan hitting it on on the nail here, you're not shooting your gun enough to like really get any valuable aim training, right? It's like you're coming into how many gunfights are you really going to get into in a in a match, right? Um, and Rogan's already touched on that. So if you just want to play the game, at least play deathmatch uh, for half an hour, forty minutes, whatever it is. Um, and you'll be getting into a lot of gunfights this way. And I think you've already said it. I think the advantage of staying within Valorant is going to be, like Rogan said, the movement of your enemy, right? You're going to get all of that dialed in, the, the exact size of their head, um, etc. And so I think if there is anything to be said for sticking to Valorant, th- those would be the few things that you could maybe create an argument for. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I did like maybe two hours of research an hour and a half on aiming when it comes to Valorant in particular. So there's just a few things here that I was going to get into. Um, number one, I think people underestimate warming up a lot. I, I know for myself, I jump into rank games completely ice cold and it's like in Valorant it's like those pistol rounds are actually so important that guys even if it's like literally six or seven minutes that you want to spend in bots or play one deathmatch you would rather get that warm-up like in the range rather than those first two rounds being your warm-up you know what I mean 
Um, just because how crucial those rounds are towards your economy and stuff, you don't want to really just throw those away. So um, we've already gone over that. Um, ADSing. I did a little research on aiming down your sight in Valorant. Um, and it's it's different in Valorant than it is in other games. So, of course, it reduces your movement speed. We all know that, right? Um, your gun has a lower fire rate. We know that. Um, th this one is the one that was kind of interesting. The recoil completely changes. So the bullets will just start shooting randomly around your crosshair. So it's impossible to predict like how to spray when you're ADSing. Like we all know when you're shooting from the hip, you drag down. That's going to, you know, keep your cluster closer. Whereas this, it's absolutely random and there's no way that you can really um, consistently predict what's what your spray is going to look like. So the only time that you should be aiming down your sight is if you're looking for, you know, that that one shot headshot. So I need I needed this. I needed to look at this. If you're like me, you probably ADS too much. Um, I, I think I'm among the the higher echelon of people that make this mistake. But I do I do see it quite a bit. So um just ADS a lot less than you are, and you're you'll probably be fine. Um also guys, you don't always have to crouch and spray. So if you have cover to retreat to, crouching is is not really the play. Like if you just peek out of a corner and you miss your first few shots and then you commit to the crouch and spray, it's it's very often like you're going to get killed here. Even if you kill one, like if they have any teammate close by, you're just so committed to this battle and, and you don't have to be. You know what I mean? There's obviously times you want to commit. If you get a first shot or two shots on the guy, you know he's one shot. Like that's worth committing to. But if you're missing those first shots, like I come across players, even a death, death match, they're like crouching every single gunfight, like whether they have cover or not, like, you want to use the crouch when you're in the wide open, you have no other option. So I don't know. I I've seen multiple <clears throat> pros talk about the crouching. Um, do you have any opinion on that Rogan? That was like one of the biggest points in Valorant. I think for me, at least like I, I crouch the crouching. I do the crouch. I always crouch way too much guys. It is. It's insane how bad it is. It, you have to commit if you crouch. There's no escape out of it. And like Coulter was saying, like if if you have a place to escape, you don't need to crouch at all. Um, and like if you're like for a great example, I play CT, I'm defending on um bind, and I'm playing CT looking in hookah. And uh -huh. if I see somebody, I'll crouch and spray. And I can like only see their upper body like head-ish. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's no chance I'm gonna get that kill. Like it's gonna be so rare. Like it's a hard spray. It's a really hard spray. If it's yeah. close, then I would probably say like crouch because there's not really an escape for it. But dude, you're so right. Like, don't crouch. Just go for like that precision. Take a couple shots and then back out. And you yep. can you can re peek too because you have like that movement. You know exactly, dude. Exactly. Um, like. How many times do you see someone wide swing an angle and then they immediately go into the crouch? It's like, oh yeah, it's like, dude, you just reveal yourself to seven angles and then you just plant down. Like you, you're rarely gonna come out of that. Yeah, and it, it's it's okay. So 
um, AJ in the chat, I have a hard time not crouching. Just a big muscle instinct for me to do at this point. Dude, I'm with you, man. And the, I had one stream that I did. I, I actually unbinded my crouch button because I do it so much. And I think this is the answer. So what you guys need to do is, is grind deathmatch and take off your crouch so you don't have a crouch button. And then you won't be crouching at all when you're shooting. It's just gonna it's gonna make you used to like standing up and having that movement. And it, it's crazy the movement that you do have. Like I almost forget yeah. that I have that, you know? Yeah. Cause when I do crouch, I'm either getting the kill or dying. So I don't really notice like, you know, being able to move out quick. So unbind a crouch under unbinding your crouch button would could be a huge benefit to you if you are um Stuck in a rut of just like crouching <laughs> yeah. every single gunfight, like like I am. Yeah, Coulter. One big thing before we move on, or before you move move on, um, you mentioned wide swinging on how like some pros were talking about, like if you're by yourself, and it's like a if if it's just the start of the round and you're by yourself and you're you're wide swinging an angle, like you don't want to do that because you're exposing yourself to multiple angles where two people could be. Yeah. And, like, you can finish yeah. uh, kind of explaining this, but, like, only expose yourself to one person at a time if you're kind of doing those fights. Unless you're with two people, have one person wide swing and one person follow behind you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. I think myself included almost like – so I don't crouch very much at all, um, but I do do this. I, I do the wide swing when it is extremely inappropriate. And I know that I've, I've talked about it before and, and like a great example that I think of, and I think I've used it before ascent defense at the very start of the round, just to wide swing out of like the archway in mid, <laughs> like you're exposing yourself to tiles, to catwalk, like multiple angles. And, and I do this, I do that kind of behavior when there's, five people alive on their team. Like there could be two guys on tiles and one guy's on and one guy is cat. Like I'm not I'm not having any impact on that round. So yeah. um like Rogan was saying, eliminate angles as you take the peak. So in that scenario, if you're on the left side of the archway, you're gonna want to eliminate tiles first, right? And then work your way to eliminate cat as an angle. So that is is kind of hard. It's just keeping these small things in mind can actually make a huge difference in like how many times you're dying, you know? Um, like I see guys swing out of that archway and crouch, dude. Yeah. And it's like we have guys in tiles and on catwalk, like they're completely planted. They don't get a kill or even if they get one, there's no way they're getting out. So um, that's kind of a, a big one. Um, so... Again, I'm a little bit like Rogan, kind of scattered in, in how I put my notes down. Um, I think a huge... Okay, yeah, let's see how we want to do this. I think a huge part of this, and Rogan, I'm going to need some help here, is uh, crosshair placement. I think that this is probably the biggest part of aiming within Valorant itself. So I think we all know its basic form you're trying to keep your crosshair at a head height as you move through the map. So I know we all know this, but when you're looking at the ground and a target reveals itself in front of you, you're, you're going to need to move your crosshair 
a lot more, right? You're going to need to go vertical and horizontal to get your crosshair in a in the spot that you want. If your crosshair is already placed near their head height, the vertical movement is already taken out of the equation. And now you just got to worry about the horizontal adjustments that you need to make to, to land the headshot that you're looking for. So this makes complete sense, but I still feel people aiming at like, no, I'm not saying at the ground, but people often don't account for elevation changes in the map. Like if they're swinging out and there's some stairs there or the opponent, you know, they could be on a box. So if you're, if you're kind of planning on your crosshairs in their chest area and then they're on a, a flight of four or five stairs, you know, you're aiming at their feet, right? So that's obviously something you want to stay away from. Do you have anything else on that, Rogan? That was a like very well said. Um, crosshair placement's really big, and the elevation changes is where a lot of people struggle at. Um, one thing is like people will um, they'll keep their crosshairs on an angle where no one could physically be, like in just in an area where like oh like my crosshairs at head height, I'm doing good, you know. Mm-hmm. When like they're looking at the right angle where like they're going to come out of the left, like be aware yeah. of your map awareness. This is a really big thing, um, kind of a little off topic, but just know a big thing is map control, knowing what map control you have. A great example is hookah on B bind. Just keep it kind of the same, but is when push uh, people push out of on B long when they're attacking B site they push B long and hookah if you're playing hookah you're you're jumping out of hookah and then B long is just going to smack you we've talked about this before you can't there's no chance for you to get out of there alive so knowing what map awareness you have being like okay I'm right here and if they push this corridor I'm am I going to be totally screwed or like can I have a way yeah. out? And it goes the same with like your crosshair placement. Like if you clear a cubby, that cubby's already cleared. You don't have to clear it again. Like you don't have to right. do a full 180 to check that cubby again. Yeah. Put like a mental image in your mind. Like, okay, this spot's cleared this entire map. There could physically not be a person there. I have to worry about this section and this area. Yeah. Um, that's just the one thing I'd add. No, that's yeah. Like guys, these are all so like, as far as like in the game, it's just all tips on like, just how to make the situation easier for yourself. Right. Like, like Rogan's saying, if, if you check a cubby and then, you know, you snap back 180 and you're looking behind you and then boom, you're snapping back to check cubby again. Like you're making it kind of hard for yourself and putting yourself in a, in a tough spot to really, like be aiming well. Um, I like what you said about having a mental image of the map kind of in your mind. And this kind of segues nicely into like pre-aiming. We hear this term and it falls closely to crosshair placement, but not exactly. So like if you're going to pre-aim, what it means is like exactly like what Rogan is saying. If I'm going to peek a corner I can pre-aim them like before I peek, right? Like I'm envisioning what is on the other side of this wall that I'm that I'm looking at. And so when I move out, like my crosshair is already in the exact spot that they might be. So 
like you're going to do that. You're going to want to do this for every single common angle. Like, so let's just use bind again. If you're on a, you're attacking and you want to take a short, you know that there's often somebody in U-Haul, right? They're holding that angle very often. If you're coming from the right side, coming out onto a short, you may come across an opponent on your left, just past the teleporter, holding that angle behind that wall. So before, instead of just swinging out of that corner dry, you can set your crosshair where you think they're going to be. And as you're moving out, you're not moving your mouse at all. From there, it's just WASD. Like you're just move, you're using your movement to swing out. Your crosshair is already set and you're going to have bigger odds of getting that kill. You might need to make some micro adjustments, but like you're going to want to use this on almost every common angle that almost everyone holds. You want to set your cursor where you think they're going to be before you swing out. And yeah. just having like a good mental image of the map. Like Rogan, I've seen you do it. I've, I've had moments. It's like you come, you walk out, you're, you just press a and you're just side strafing and your crosshair is absolutely dead on where their head is going to be because you predicted that they were going to be holding that angle. Yep. So that makes, that takes all the aiming out of it. Now you don't have to snap up for that flick. Like you're making it easier on yourself by doing this stuff. Um, Very another, well another kind of technique that you can be using is angle tracing. Again, I, I was just doing some research and this is Rogan first showed me this and, and I don't know the terminology that he used when you are moving throughout the map and you're coming up on a corner and you're holding your crosshair on that corner as you're moving forward, you're also moving your your crosshair like left or right, whatever way you're, you're turning. Like you don't want to just walk straight, reveal yourself and then snap left, right? You would rather it be a smooth, you're eliminating the angle all the way through your movement. And Rogan really tried to drill this into me because I would have my crosshair somewhere random and then I would just turn the corner like quickly, you kind of want to do it more methodically and smoothly. Like the smoother you can do this motion, the better. Yeah. So you're, as you're walking forward, revealing yourself, you're clearing any potential risk that you're putting yourself open to. I don't know how to really word that better. Do you have any other words that you can put that in? I mean, you did that really well. I think it, it's like the same thing where you said like, yeah, plant your crosshair where you think they're going to be like when you swing and, um, it goes in, like, you don't have to like do it on a common angle, like do it on a common angle, but also you can integrate that with like, do it a little bit at a time. Like, yeah. um, yeah, if you think exactly. they're a little bit closer than like, or if you think they're like wider out, then like put your crosshair where you think they're going to be swing out. And then if they're not there, put your crosshair where you think they're going to be again, swing out. Not necessarily yep. like that, you know, precise, but do it like, no, like Holder said, you know, do it smooth, like keep that mouse where you think they're going to be. That's, that's really big. Also, if you do have a problem with doing this, if you're like, if you want to go into the death match or um, into the range and just practice doing this, um, use your pings. This helps a lot because then you can kind of get a mental image on where where those angles are going to be. Just ping like that exact corner, and then you can keep your crosshair right above that ping 
and you'll be able to um, tell where where that corn is going to be at and when it's going to come up. Um, you can even That's do it in game if you are um, if you're if you're really wanting to hit that shot. Um, I would just try that just to practice and um, get to know the map more. Yeah. Um. So now, okay, this is gonna. I'm gonna go a little bit off topic, and then I'm gonna jump into the most interesting one last. So this is a little less interesting, but it's something I didn't know. Um, letting your aim reset fully, like letting your recoil reset. So this is an interesting fact about Valorant that I didn't know. Um, so as we know, as you're firing, the gun begins to to gain momentum on recoil. It's like after the third shot or something, you're going to have a big jump in recoil, right? Um, so on a lot of games, if you let off the trigger, your aim, your cone will start to diminish back to its original state. And then as you continue, and then if you start firing again, it'll bloom, right? That's, that's how a lot of games are. Call of Duty, Fortnite was like that, etc. With Valorant, you're either in recoil or out of it. So there, there's none of this decreasing or increasing of accuracy as you're letting off the trigger. So like I know that there's been times with me, I'm shooting, okay, now it starts to spray. I let off the trigger for half a second, then I go back into shooting and that next bullet is just as random as the last. And it's because I didn't wait long enough for it to reset fully. And it's it's either on or off. Like there's there's none of this increasing or decreasing of accuracy. So I thought that was super interesting. Like if you lay off of the trigger and don't wait long enough and then you shoot again, that bullet is going to be just as inaccurate as, as the ones prior. So you're going to still be in that spray state so just letting your your recoil reset fully if you are trying to like tap somebody down um just go into the range and, and try and and get that muscle memory of really what that timing is do you ever notice that rogan i i didn't know that's a really big um piece of information right there <laughs> that's i huge know how it's just kind of it like surprised like me yeah i mean it's, it's like a countdown and like right once that hits it just changes firing modes pretty much um yeah then you're perfectly accurate again yeah that's that's surprising i didn't know i thought it was kind of more of a de- de- decreasing like most mm-hmm. games but yeah I yeah mean, using the sheriff i always shoot too soon man and i those shots are never <laughs> yeah. hitting obviously <laughs> yeah so yeah it's that exact same thing mm-hmm. definitely getting that, that timing down like yeah like it's super easy you might think it's super easy um, you might think that you're doing fine with it, but you also could take a little bit more time between shots and you might um, find find yourself being more precise, probably. Yeah. Like, and and it made sense after I, I learned this, like there's been times, say I'm on, say I'm just taking a long angle and I have a vandal. I shoot three shots and then I lay off because I want my next shot to be accurate because I miss those three or I hit them in the body, whatever. And I just, I, it's like literally like a millisecond too soon. If I shoot that fourth bullet, it's still going to go high, even though I took a little break off of the trigger. So, uh, getting that timing is huge. Um, guys, 
the most interesting thing that I want to dig into. Rogan, do you have anything else to add on that? No, you, you covered it. My my voice is leaving me as we speak. So I'm going to try and hammer this last point home. Um, <laughs> Peaker's advantage. So we've all heard the term and it's a real thing. And, and I dug actually fairly deep into this and I, and I wanted to break it down because for a long time I understood the basic concept, but I didn't really peel back the layers to, to really what this is. So it, it is with any shooter um, ever, and, and it's just a result of playing online with ping. So me and Rogan have mentioned it in the past. Obviously, every millisecond matters in Valorant just because of the time to kill. And this really applies to 1v1 situations. But guys, overall, you would rather be the peaker than the one being peaked. And, and I think that this has been common knowledge throughout but I never really understood why. So if you're standing holding an angle and an opponent peaks you, on average, he will see you 42.70 milliseconds sooner than you'll see him. 42.7 milliseconds. And so it doesn't seem like much, but guys, this is how deep I went. The average human reaction is 250 milliseconds. So the peaker is able to react faster than you by at least 20% if he is the one peaking because he's seeing you just that much sooner. So wow. 20% is that it's giving him a bonus of 20% on his reaction. And that's why so many times I like we we've all said it. It's like, dude, it, he's ru He just running headshot me. Mm -hmm. He didn't. You're getting that information late. He swung out, stopped, shot you, and kept moving, and it looks like he's just running. Yeah. But you're sitting there holding the angle, and when he peeks you, he has more information than you do. So that's a huge deal. Like, in 1v1s, you want to, like, I was watching this pro VOD, and he was like, he's like, anytime ever you're in a 1v1, you want to be the aggressor. Like, you want to take the fight to them. And it's all because of this reason. So I thought that was super interesting. There's been too many times in a 1v1, I'm sitting there ADS, just like waiting for them to peek me. They swing out, tap me, and it's over. So I'm going to really work on that this week. Yeah, that's, um, that's interesting. And so that kind of, uh, that wraps it up as far as, as what I have written down. Um, why don't you jump in and, and add anything that you have unless you don't have anything else on that? I think, dude, you, you said it right, man. Um, guys don't play on servers that you shouldn't be playing on. Um, I realized I was playing on central servers for about <laughs> a full day. Without realizing on AD ping, I thought it was my internet. Um, just don't make that mistake. I'm sure none of you will, but with my double digit IQ, it's hard for me to process these simple things. And <laughs> realizing that was huge. And I actually had That's some games after. I probably contributed. It was weird. When I went on central servers, man, I like I didn't notice until I was laying in bed. And I was like, man, I had a rough day of Valorant. 
And then I was thinking to myself, I was like, wow, those guys were toxic. Dude. And then I was like, wait, central servers. And oh, I was like, no. wow, like West Coast people are, they're nice people. And <laughs> I, I didn't experience the level of like weirdness and like all the, they had different terms that I was used to that I heard other people use. Like actually it was, it was a super weird concept. That's weird. Yeah. Like really weird. Like their lingo was different. Yeah. yeah their lingo was different. And like, wow. I kind of like noticed that when I was laying down, I'm like, wait. And I, I, I <laughs> jump back on and then it's like the only server that's preferred. And I was like, Dude, no way. That's awful. That sucks. Um, When do you think you start to feel it? Like, so me and you, it's often like 30 ping, 34 ping, whatever. Where do you kind of start noticing a difference? Like for myself, it's like around 70. I'm like, okay, was that ping or did he just like out aim me? You know what I mean? Like I start to question it a little bit. I think it's around 70. I think 70, like I I could play then at 70. It wasn't like, yeah, for sure. Out of the picture. It just, it wasn't like what I was used to. Like I did feel, I didn't feel, I I could actually feel it. Um, Yeah. I totally believe you. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't feel as responsive, and uh-huh. it sucks how that's the case. Like, yeah, having that's just pink spikes, you can't do much, you know? No, no, but, that's interesting. <laughs> well, shoot. Definitely well, a good point. Keep, you wanna, keeps you humble. Yeah, keeps you humble. <laughs> did you want to move on to Game Sense, or did you already kind of cover your section? My section is, is pretty much wrapped. Yeah, dude. Um, I think that... You should you should take All the right. next, I, I just the next some, phase here. Just a little a little bit here about game sense, guys. I think aiming was kind of the main meat of the episode. So just a small section on game sense. How do I get better game sense? You obviously have to play a bunch, you know. Game sense, it definitely it's not something you can like practice necessarily. It'll help in some concepts, but knowing the maps and knowing all the that like, you know, nitty and gritty stuff, it's just gonna come with time. Some, some things to make you improve like faster on it is just trying your absolute hardest. And if you want to get better, you just, you have to try as hard as you can. Um, play to practice, you know, play to like get better. If, if someone's playing this angle that you didn't check, you're going to be checking it every single other round that you ever play in your entire life. Like don't let him kill you on that angle more than twice. Um... And then use the info that you gather just to help you clear the site. Like I was saying with MapSense, if if you get that mental image and you just know like this part of the map is wall, it's 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 off. There's no one there. I can just move forward, clearing site. Be methodical. Um, I have a hard time doing this. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm I'm fearful. I'm kind of afraid on like going on a site if it's like a one v two, and I'm I'm not really um I'm really flicky for no reason. But just being mm. methodical with it, making sure you just get as much control as you possibly can with being safe and exposing yourself to one angle at a time is really big. And then just like it's like it's, I, I picture it as this, this really big mental image. You know, you you see your mini map, where you're at on the map, and then you look at your abilities. What abilities do you have? Can those abilities clear any part of that map? Can they help you clear an angle where you think that person is? Can they provide any damage output? And then, um, and just using all this info 
to kind of help you get on site is kind of like the general basis of game sense and how to get better with it. And then obviously watch pros on what they do. Um, that's obviously they have just insane game sense. It's, it's very relevant. Um, they, they know what they're doing. They know exactly like what people are going to peak and they're filthy with it. So spectate them. I would avoid spectating content creators because these content creators are, they're more likely just to mess around and have fun. Like Shroud, he's insane with game sense. He's filthy with aim, but sometimes he likes um just kind of, you know, having fun, messing around. So he's not going to be as serious as he would. So some things that you might try that he does aren't going to work. So focus on people who are on the pro level and on like playing pro games and we'll see what they do. Um, and then just an overview of like factors contributing the game sense on like what this mental image should consist of is obviously the map knowledge, knowing what control you have, and then making just those decisions, should I push up or should I back down? And then sound, obviously, and patience. Patience is a really big one. If you're holding an angle, don't um, get nervous and start covering something else that someone else is already on. Look at the mini-map to see where your, um, your teammates are covering. Don't have three people covering the same site. This is one that's overlooked quite a bit. And then it just keeping that patience, man. Like so many times I'm staring at showers. I'm staring at it. And then I, I peek, I peek a uh, mid just cause like, I want to see what's going on over there. Someone out of showers swings me and just taps me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if you're, you're crosshair when it's not on them where they're going to be, you're not going to have that advantage. And then info, obviously. Um, that kind of sums it up for my little small section on game sense. Coulter, did you have anything to add? Dude, I think like, so everyone knows I've been five weeks off roughly where I haven't gotten to play much. And it's just that feeling of being like lost. Like, like you're unaware of what's going on. Like that is the worst place to be. And so when I think of game sense, I mean like a lot of like what you just said, it's just like, being aware of like the most likely position that an enemy will be. I think if you can somehow some way just nail down a system that works for you, that's as simple as, okay, I know that no one's in heaven or in hell, whatever that is abilities, communication. I don't care. Just when you're on site frantically trying to check every angle, I mean, you're just, you're, you're too all over the place. There's too much to cover and you're going to leave yourself open to, to an angle and you're going to die. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's my basic thoughts. And, and I think game sense and aim are, are so intertwined because being prepared for a target is huge in, in actually aiming, you know, for that situation. So I think, um, just being aware of, you know, okay, there's, most likely they're going to come from here, et cetera. That kind of stuff is, is big. So uh, that's kind of my general thoughts on, on that. Yeah. Great, but great I mean, point. nothing, it, it's just uh, nothing super technical to, to really mention for me, but um, yeah, that's, that's where I stand. Um, Do we have a rumor of a new map? Yeah, we, we do, man. I kind of forgot about that, but we, we do have some leaks. Is that like a, a situation that's that's happening? Yeah, guys, a new map. Um, this is big. 
this is something we've all kind of waited for. Um, big news. So it's going to be called Foxtrot. That's kind of the rumor on the streets right now. Um, Foxtrot, and it's going to be rumored. This is rumored, but it's going to be kind of taking place on a beach or in the tropical climate, which is um, super good to see. Coulter's first thought was neutral colors, which is, I mean... That's amazing. <laughs> it's weird. That's like immediately what I thought. I'm like, oh man, that sounds like good vision, like crispy, you know? Yeah. They're so good with keeping the vision good in this game. I, I never have any worries, but uh, that that would be pretty sweet. One big thing with AIM is is changing the color of your crosshair depending on the map. I run Cyan and um, on Icebox, it's kind of hard to keep track of it. So I've kind of changed it to green and I think I can personally see green easier. And other people can see different colors better, so I would switch it up and see what you're used to. But Foxtrot, man, are you excited for it? I'm I'm personally loving the tropical climate. Dude, honestly, if that if and when that comes into, you know, fruition, I, I'm I'm super stoked. I think that Icebox in general was kind of a letdown for the fans. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone enjoyed it very much. I think that it, it's coming around, but I I just feel like I mean, it wasn't the map I was hoping for. I think, you know, you kind of feel similar. I know on a pro level, no one was stoked about it. So it's like, I just want them to land this next map. That's like actually super exciting. Like we're all like, like I want it to be like, we're hoping to get this map. You know what I mean? Like, man, I hope we get Foxtrot this game. Not like, oh my word, we have Icebox, you know? So yeah, that's kind of the attitude that that I'm hoping to have when it comes out. And, and I... I have really high hopes. So I'm, I'm kind of me and you were talking. I wonder, like we were saying every map kind of has like a little gimmick to it, right? Whether it be teleporters or zip lines or whatever kind of makes you wonder, you know, what they might try with, with this map. It's going to be water Coulter. It's going to be an all underwater map where we just swim. You can swim. <laughs> oh no. my goodness. Well, what are your little, um, do you have any first like predictions on what that little gimmick might be? Dude, it's so hard for me to know. I I, I don't know. What if yeah. what if it's um kind of like a teleporter, but like it gave you verticality? I I don't know how much for I doubt that's I doubt that's the situation. I I think they learned a lesson with verticality, but I I don't know what it could be, dude. My guess, I'm just this is completely out of the water, but having hot like take. um hot take here, like the the gates on ascent, but more of like traps. Like you enable this trap and it's like a spike trap, you know, or like a, like a inferno trap. Not sure how that would work at all. Any but maybe, Fortniteers? maybe something that's like within the map that you can use to like use it on defending. And if it's like attacking sided, you can have those like to help you. That's just a first. I, I haven't thought cool. about it at all. This is like a complete hot take. Probably a trashy <laughs> idea, but it might yeah. be kind of cool to. I, I like a um, map, like integrations like that, like having map interactions. How do you feel about it? Like the no, gates I, whatnot. I I like it. Like yeah, exactly. Like the doors you can close on ascent. Like I'm I'm super down for that kind of stuff. So, um, that that would be cool. It would suck if it could kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I was thinking just like fifty damage, you know. Yeah, something or like simple. slow you down or something. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, like slow you down, do something like yeah. that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Sweet, dude. Um, 
It's okay. kind of sad. How, wait, go for oh, it. One thing. No, I you had something I hot. Honestly, don't really mind if the map is like not good. I I just want a map no matter what. You know, it's just like a new feel for the game. Like I obviously want it to yeah. be a good map. Yeah. But like I just I, I, I'm gonna love playing on a new map. It, it's always fun and exciting to me. I know. Yeah. No, I I feel that. It, People like, are gonna I hate it. it. People are gonna like it. I had excitement the first time I played Icebox. Yeah. Okay. What I don't want is like the the gameplay to be super repetitive. Yeah. Yep. Like I go into an icebox, I know that we're gonna hit a nine times out of ten, like eleven of the twelve rounds we hit a, and I know it's gonna be the same on the other side. And like that's what I don't want. Like I want it to be like really even on both sides. That's that's all I ask. That might just be like you're you're playing with the wrong teams too but dude like you look at pro play dude it's like that's what they do yeah almost. they are on a, like, a lot they go a like so often and like there's setups where like it's so hard to stop it that it's like you're crazy not to go a you know uh-huh yeah but, you you definitely know more than i with the pro well, players no 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 it's just some of the podcasts i've listened to like yeah, yeah. almost every pro that has ever interviewed on icebox is just like they're just like, yeah, I mean, another A hit. <laughs> like, they just keep calling it every round, you know? Wow. That's but. interesting. Um, you're going to say something. I kind of stopped you. Well, how do you feel? This is just the last 10 minutes. How do you, How are you feeling about Viper and Yoru? We've played on the patch. Do you have anything to, to say? I, I've been seeing a lot less Bucky. So I'm, I'm a little <laughs> yeah. happy about that. That you know, right click is kind of gone. It's kind of it's kind of died down a little bit. Well, I I kind of enjoy like it. It was kind of nice how they did stick with just like that close range. They were wanting to make it more of a just close range weapon, mm-hmm. and I think that's what they needed to do because like the Bucky, you were able to take those long range fights. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad that's out with the uh, Yuru and Viper. Viper, I think she. Like, when we were talking, dude, I just started thinking about it. But, like, on save rounds when I was playing, like, we didn't go on her site because of how detrimental it is. You, you just can't run through her. You have to, like, wait her wall out. You kind of have to wait her util out because, yeah. like, you're down 50, and then they just tap you with a triple shot, and you're dead. Yeah, true. Yeah, so, I feel the same. I think in certain situations, Viper's, um, like, her post plan is just stupid. Like already, and with that negative fifty health, like the, it's just like it's gonna be like really instant with um, you know she puts her cloud and then the the snake pit. Yep. Um, yeah. Yuru, I, I don't I don't know about him yet. I will say that um, I did underestimate the buff towards Viper a little bit. Um. Like I definitely think twice before I before I just charge through that wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you really gotta like it can really mess up a push because like if your raise is double satcheling, you know, over the wall, he's like, Okay, now your raise is alone. So the rest of your team pretty much has to commit unless they wanna just lose the initiator. And they want to, if they want to lose that and like that initiation, they have to go through the wall and it's, it's, 
you know, four of you guys cross through the wall, that's 200 damage. I mean, yeah, it's insane. So I underestimated that by a bit. I, I think that Viper is, is extremely strong right now. So, yeah, um, I think, I think she's, um, definitely got a bigger buff than I thought too. Yeah. Um, anyways, that's, that's all I had to say, buddy. Um, no, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I kind of wanted to get your take on it. I know we talked about it before. Yeah. But, well, um, I think that sums it up, guys. Yeah, Are you I think feeling so. good, Coulter? I'm feeling great, actually. I feel like we just pounded the info out that, that round. Yeah, I, I really hope, like, I don't know. I, 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 I think we both know that we aren't good at the game. We're not bad, but, like, we do research where we can help people at all skill levels. Which that's what I feel good about, you know, that right. like, and like anyone can yeah. get some information from what you were saying. So I, I think that's going to be really nice to have. Well, like, like you said at the beginning, like, yeah, okay. Like I, I realized that, you know, my thoughts were not organized or, but like Rogan was saying at the start, it's like, even out of the 14 things that we laid out, maybe there's like one thing that you can implement that'll make your gameplay better. Right. And like, that's just the hope. That's the hope for us. I think we both like um, slamming people with just like tips or everything that we can possibly like research about. Yeah, yeah. Just hoping for that one little sentence to hit you guys home to, to put you on another rank up. <laughs> yeah. Just to change something that you're doing where, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe seven people have told you before. And then for some reason tonight it clicked and you were like, <laughs> dude, I got to stop crouching or whatever yeah. it is. Right. So. Um, and, but yeah, man, that's, that's all I got. Sweet. And also guys, just like uh, identifying the problem, I think is kind of like the general thing here, identifying what you struggle on and then like using what we said to help you fix that, like crouch, unbind that crouch, crosser placement, focus on your crosser placement, game sense, listen to what we were saying. And I yeah. think, um, that kind of just sums that up for our episode. I, I feel great. I feel good. You look good. Coulter, as always. Um, guys, I'm, I'm looking a little sickly, but yeah. Yeah, well, I saw you before the <laughs> podcast, and you definitely look a lot better now. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to to freshen up a little yeah, bit for the fans. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, if, when Brit, when Britain is is gonna see this thing, I mean, I gotta make sure I'm on my A game to compete with our with our tribe that's forming. Yeah, dude, we got some hot boys, dude. <laughs> I'm I'm as straight as it gets, but I mean, we got some good looking individuals uh well, in, in yeah. the village here so um <laughs> that's all i Dude, got it surprises me man every instagram I message i get i'm like oh my gosh is this a peasant it's like <laughs> is this a peasant or is this a model i can't yeah. tell exactly <laughs> yeah um all right guys you have been listening to the flow state gaming podcast episode 23 where we talked about aiming and game sense we are your kings, Rogan and Coulter. Um, we are we are your kings. You are our peasants. Welcome to the Brotherhood. If you are new, please follow us on Twitch at Flow underscore State underscore Gaming. We are so close to being affiliated. Get us there for those who are not um, followed. Thank you all. It's been an honor and a pleasure. We will talk to you guys next Tuesday, I believe. Have a good one.
Bye. Bye.